What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Tuesday, November 5th, 2013, and you guys are listening to episode 134. Um, I am a little disgusted with myself today because if you guys would have just saw me searching around my house for whatever starbursts we had left, you would think that I was either a fucking crackhead looking to get a fix, or I was a diabetic who couldn't find my insulin shot. Um, I, I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. I am not drinking. I haven't had a drink in like 10 days. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm eating better. And now I got all this fucking candy all over my house, and it's nuts. So um, I'm not going to lie, though. I did have those little tiny baby bite Twix. And uh, I think my wife is hiding this huge bag of Twizzlers that we have, which uh, is a good thing because I would probably end up putting on, it would be bad. So anyway, I was just a little disgusted with myself. I actually had to stop myself and go, dude, what the fuck are you doing right now looking around the house like a maniac? Your family is, you know trying to relax and, and, and resting and you're running around like a, a lunatic for candy. But anyway, I got a good episode for you guys. Um, wanted to, I don't know what's going on. Every time I want this out by Monday, it's been, it's been Tuesdays, but I'll never have it out later than this. That I can tell you. Um, but I'm still going to try to get them out on Sunday night. I don't know what to fucking tell you. You know, I just, yeah, it's, you know, I got, I got this shit going on that shit. Anyway, I'm here. I'm back. I hope you guys are uh, doing well. I hope everybody had a good, uh, I guess, week in between episode 133 and 134. As you guys can tell, I have a little pep in my step. Maybe it's the sugar. I don't know. Um, I'm having a better week this week than I was last week. That I, I, I can tell you, man. Last week I was, um, I was sluggish. I was tired. I was just, you know, I was burnt out. And some of my close friends are like, dude, you know, you're working too hard. You just need to stay home and you need to sleep for a couple days and relax. And I did that. I think the combination of that and, you know, just not hanging out and, you know, I mean, not that I was partying hard, but just every night being up and having, you know, your boys there, have a couple of drinks. I just needed to stop that shit and just be home. And, and that's what I've been doing. So I feel much better. All right, enough of that shit. You guys don't care about how I feel. You want me to get into the show and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, first, I want to say, uh, I, I do. I want to thank everybody who came out to the stand in New York City for. Um, I did another taping at midnight on Saturday night for my half-hour Comedy Central submission. I've done a couple of them. One, of course, my luck, my favorite uh, set that I did to submit to Comedy Central. Um, of course, the camera. Uh, literally, I'm not making this up. The camera cut out. There was a professional cameraman there, or so they say. I don't fucking know. It doesn't sound too professional to me. I don't know who the person was, but there was a camera there. And a, I'm not making this up The one of my best jokes. Like a joke that I would close a set with got cut out of the set out of nowhere. Like it's just going on, going on, 20-something minutes, whatever. And then all of a sudden it just was out. Like how unacceptable is that? It, it's That's not even unacceptable for the week because I think I have a good unacceptable for this week. But that's crazy. So that one didn't work. Then I did one from the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, and I did a joke that I think is too edgy and risky. And you know, my management was like, "Yeah, you might not want to, you might not want to do that, or you might want to do it again and clean that joke up because that's really dirty." So, um, so I did that. So, whatever, who knows? Um, I, I got that. I got. I think I have the one. I'm gonna take one more tomorrow, and then that's it. And then they're gonna get what they get, and who knows? Can't fucking kill myself, you know. They either want me or they don't. Um, and that's, that's the way that goes. So I'm either going to get a half hour special on there or I'm not. And, um, I'm just going to do what I love to do. And, you know, I hate censorship and, uh, that, you know, who knows? There we go. So, uh, also I wanted to talk about this show that happened last night. Something really cool happened, man. And, um, it was one of those really cool experiences, really rare. And that's why I wanted to share it on the podcast because, um, I'm not going to say rare, but just those moments that you're like, Oh my God, this is, you know, this is what we do this for. This is why, you know, this is so fun. And, and this is, the, you know, such a great part of the job. I went into, um, stand up New York last night. 
and uh, I was closing out the the 10 o'clock show. They had an 8 and a 10. I was closing out the 10 o'clock show, so my spot was around 11.25 was when I would get on stage. And I get into the club, and very, very uncharacteristic of stand-up New York. Um, the crowd wasn't full, and I know it's, you know, I know it's a, a Monday night, but that place has been like Saturdays uh, every day of the week. Unbelievable crowds. Usually it's like half, you know, foreigners, visitors, you know what I mean, tourists, and and the other half is like, you know, Americans or New Yorkers. So it's, it's, it's a really nice blend, and you get people from New Zealand and Australia. Sometimes you could very rarely, I'd say maybe 5% of the time this club will have like, it'll be like 80 90% New Zealand and Australia. So... Anyway, I go in there last night, and they are light and tight. And, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I'm not going to mention names or anything like that, but really good, funny comedians were just, the crowd was just not in it, man. And I'm going last, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, fuck it. I got nothing to worry about. I'm doing new jokes. This is such, I mean, to the point where, like, people were just like, I'm out of here. This sucks. This crowd sucks. This crowd's not giving anything up. And that just did something to me where I was like, man, you know what? I'm not even doing jokes. I'll do a couple of my jokes. I'm just going to go up there and talk to them and have a good time and, you know, just experiment with new jokes I've been thinking about or writing. And I got to tell you, I went on stage and I went right at this fucking crowd. I was just like, I just went right at them. And I got to tell you, I had one of the most fun times and best experiences, you know, that I've had, it was just great, you know, it was, it was just such a, I should say for like a small little venue like that, just a great experience, just, just experiment with new stuff, just put it out there, and they dug it, man, it was really cool and really fun, and um, I got a few fans out of it, so, uh, you know, that was great, I had a great time, and um, so thanks to the people out there and the Australian assholes that were tight to, to people, um, fuck you, I hope you have a, uh, I don't know, maybe a turbulent flight back or the food sucks on your flight and they play a shitty movie on the way back. You assholes now. All right. So anyway, let's get into um let's get into this. I am not drinking. I am not drinking now for um what am I going on? I'm almost at 10 days. 10 days trying to see how much weight I can lose and and not, you know, booze. I haven't even had a cigar. I am craving a cigar, but I haven't had a cigar or any kind of booze. And, of course, my mother-in-law was in New Hampshire over the weekend, and she stopped at our house on the way back to drop stuff off for my kids. And what does she have? She says, Paul, can you go out to the trunk and and, and get some of the booze that I bought? I want to separate the booze and the liquor for the holidays. And I got bottles of Glenn Fittich here. I got fucking, I got like six bottles of wine. I got all these reds, white wines. I got, she brought some like pumpkin liqueur. I got shit. I, I, my house is so filled and jacked up with liquor right now when I'm not drinking. It's, it's just, I swear to God, it's the balance of life. It's just life going, hey man, what are you going to do? This is it. This is me. Um, but I feel good. I feel good. You know, I got to start, I got to get the Twix and the fucking Snickers out of my gut. But other than that, I, I am doing good. No cigars, but I'm just feeling better, man. Sleeping, going to sleep early. See, that's the thing we do. I think we don't like people stay up. The only time it makes sense to stay up is, well, obviously it's hard if you have insomnia and you can't sleep, but like if there's your show is on or if you're a video game nut or if there's a good movie on. Those are things that like, you know, you should stay up, you know, stay up for. You know, if somebody I know in stand up is is going to be doing stand up on TV or a friend of mine, sometimes I'll watch it and I'll support it or like if I just want to, you know, if I'm up and maybe I just want to check out Conan's monologue or I just want to, you know, see who the guests are on a certain show, um, you know, something like that, I'll I'll stay up. But sometimes we just fall into this thing when we're up doing nothing for no reason. And you get tired and shitty, and that's when my OCD kicks in, and that's when I'm a mess. Because, you know, I have OCD. I've talked about it before on the show. My OCD is more my thoughts, my intrusive thoughts, shit that's just in my mind that's awful, what I harm somebody that I love, you know, would I, you know, would I do some crazy sexual act, like all the crazy shit that I, you know, that I think about, and I have a good... Um, just a good grip on it because I've, you know, I know myself and I've been dealing with it since I've been a little boy. So I understand how to, how to cope with it. But 
that shit goes away when I'm rested and not drinking. And it's just, you know what I'm doing? And I know this is bad and people are going to be like, oh, you can't do that. But when I, when I want to go to bed and I, and I can't sleep, I'll take a couple of like Advil or, or Advil PMs. I'll try to lie to myself and say like my back is a little stiff and I'll take a couple of Tylenol, you know, Advil PMs. Weird thing is I have this thing where Tylenol PM keeps me up. And I've talked to certain people. Tylenol PM keeps me up. Advil PM, you know, after a couple of them, I, I start to feel like I'm, you know, I'm going down. But, um, yeah, you got to just, if I get better sleep, I think a lot of people with like issues, whether it's just um, anxiety or panic or, or you know, OCD or, or just any kind of shit that just bothers them. I think if you're well rested, man, you get like eight to 10. I'm, what am I, a fucking doctor? I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying like, you know, I know it sounds corny and cliche, but get your rest, everybody from... Dr. Verzi, I'm such a dick. I don't know why this, uh, I don't know why I'm going into this advice to you guys. I'm talking to adults. <laughs> I'm talking to adults here that are listening to me fucking say, yeah, if you get eight hours of sleep, like people haven't known that for forever. Um, here's one thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the male camaraderie in our lives. For the men who are married and have kids you know, and I've been thinking more and more about it, and, you know, I'm having a hard time playing basketball on Monday nights now, because I'm getting booked in the city a lot on Mondays, and then when I'm not booked in the city on a Monday and I'm home, I want to stay home, hang with my family, kids go to bed, watch the Monday night football game, if I am home, so Monday night basketball, plus I moved away, my old neighborhood where I played basketball is about 20 minutes away, and it's not bad, but I'm up you know, I'm up in the country, I'm in the woods, and you know, it's just a, I don't feel like taking that drive on Mondays, so now I don't have that, like, competition and stuff, so what I'm thinking about doing, and I think that, I think every, every, like, group of dudes, or, like, close friends, or people you like should do this, I'm thinking about, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it here, or maybe we'll have to have a rotating place, but, um, you know, rotate locations, I should say, but I'm thinking about having a card game, or a poker game, have you ever, hung with your buddies, sat down, bullshitted, argued sports, had a great time just sitting there shooting the shit, maybe sipping on a beer and playing cards. Everybody buys in. Like, you know, no big money, maybe 50 bucks, maybe a honey, depending on how, you know, how people are there. Because there's always, like, that one cheap guy who's like, man, I can't afford to lose anything. I'll put in, like, 10. And you're like, dick, we're not going to play with fucking 10. You know, we might as well fucking, you know, what are we going to do, break out our... Wait, in eighth grade, we're going to break out our, uh, you know, our change jars. I mean, you fucking pony up some cash, dick. You know what I mean? It's like, go, all right, fine. Like, I'll meet you half, like 30. Everybody throws in 30. I think 50. Because then it's fun. And you give everybody $50 worth of, $50 worth of chips. You sit down. I have the poker chips and I have a little poker table, you know, with the even with the cup holders, like the official shit I have. And I just think it would be awesome to have buddies over. Just like the same five guys, you know, me and four of my friends and just sit up here, hang out, you know, maybe take a little intermission. Everybody goes out on the deck of the patio, smokes a cigar, bullshits. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. Just because you need that camaraderie. You know, you need the fuck, you need a way. You need a way from everything. You need a way from the wife. You need a way from the kids. Uh, at night, I mean, I, I got to be honest, my kids are so, I love my kids so much, I would hang, like, I would hang out with my four-year-old son, like, if my four-year-old son was able to hang out till one, two in the morning, I would choose to hang out with him over anybody else, like, that's how, he's the fucking coolest kid in the world, I'm not even joking, he's ridiculous, his cons, like, the way he gets concepts and how smart he is at four, it's like, this kid is gonna be, like, you know, by eight, he's the best, like, he'll be the best, like, he'll be, like, hanging out with a 20-year-old, like, it's unreal, but they go to bed, so you need that, you know? My wife is so fucking prepared. She called me up yesterday, right? And she called me up at 8.30, and 8.33, I looked at the clock, my wife called me up and she goes, this is a difference between men and women, okay? This is why I'm talking about camaraderie and all that shit, and, you know, men are kind of on the same, le you know, men are, are similar and, and women have their own thing, and this is why we're different. My wife called me at 8.33 in the morning yesterday on our way to work. And she goes, um, hey, babe, what's going on? Uh, 
and I was up with my daughter, and she says to me, um, and I says to the guy, I says, I says to, and then he said, remember that with uh, Chris Farley, man, that guy, I wish Chris Farley was around, what a sin, rest his soul, Chris Farley, he did, I'm sorry, I just thought of that thing when he was at the weekend update, and, he goes, and I says to the guy, I says to him, I says, and he never gets to the point, it's like, a, it's, it's like almost two minutes, and he's like, and I says to the guy, and he's laughing, and all he keeps saying is, I says to the guy, but anyway, so my wife calls me up, and she says, um, hey babe, uh, what do you want to do for dinner? And I just looked at the clock and I was like, babe, I go, that's like dinner is 12. I go, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I go, dinner is like 12 hours from now. Okay. I go, a lot's going to happen between now and then. I go, How about we figure out breakfast? Okay. <laughs> can we, can we just work out breakfast for now? And then maybe in a couple hours we could even talk about fucking lunch, you know, but dinner is an eternity away right now and it's 830 in the fucking morning, and I'm just trying to gather myself, and I'm trying not to stab myself in the eyeball, because I'm up this early with a, with a, a one and a half year old baby, but that's the difference, and you know what I realized, fellas, if you're listening to this, look, here's the deal about women, okay, and, I, and I'm figuring this out more and more, even having a one and a half year old daughter, Women are smarter than us on an emotional level. They are, they are, the things that they care about seem stupid to us, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they, they mean well and they, um, they're very smart. That's why we're physically stronger. They're, they're emotionally smarter and all that stuff and advanced. They really are too. Like, you know, I'm not saying that. Like, men, we're smarter and more logical. Like, we realize the fucking thing, you know, some of the shit they do is ridiculously stupid. Sorry, ladies, but, like, some of the shit you care about, like, you're like, oh, my God, look at those flowers outside. He can't, look at those curtains. Like, that means absolutely fuck. And, listen, I'm not saying the shit that we, you know, talk about is, is not, but I'm just saying, like, we, look, here's what I think. Look, I'm gonna, I'm looking, I'm gonna dig myself into a hole here and have to backpedal, and I'm not gonna do that. So I'm just gonna come out and say what I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna go back to my camaraderie thing, so I can get away from the danger, which I'm starting to inch towards the, I'm starting to inch towards the deeper water here. The sharks are, are circling. Here's what I'm saying. Men and women obviously have their strengths and weaknesses. Men are more, I think, more logical. I think um, they're more like, you know point A to point B, get the point, let's do it, okay, we got to go to the store, when we go to the store, we need to get a tire, and we're going to go to the store, we're going to get a tire, a woman is like, okay, but I was thinking, like, there's a flower shop on the way to the tire, all right, so let's, I think if we do that, then we could hit the supermarket, and as long as the tire place isn't closed, we can do everything, uh, don't forget the Christmas tree shop, because they fucking love the Christmas tree shop, but, um, no, they're more prepared. They're 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 emotionally just fucking in tune with everything, and and we're kind of just like not. But uh, I did clean my garage out today, big time, and not because I was asked to, because I did that. Like I'm on my game. I'm telling you, rest, eight hours of sleep, couple of naps. Oh, I'm on fire. This podcast, you could feel it, right? You feel the energy coming through the microphone. I am just, I'm sharp today. I am sharp. He goes, I'm in deep. Vacation reference when he was in the pool with Christy Brinkley. Boom. You love it. So do I. Um, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. So what else? Yeah, so I just was thinking of the male camaraderie thing, and I just think getting a couple of buddies over here to sit down and play some cards, and you know, and it's cool. I like I like when you play cards to have dealer calls as game. Because like, there's some really cool card games. Like... Um, there's a game called, uh, well, no, Chicago or or Low Chicago or something is where you play um, you play seven card poker, two down, four up, one down, and whoever has the the lowest spade in the hole gets half the pot. So if you have the hand and the two of spades, you know, down, then you you win the whole thing. But you can still be in the game if you if you're holding the two and somebody's and you have a shit for hand, you still can make money. That's a really fun game. But you could just play, you know, the the you could call hold them, you could call whatever, man. You know, just wild cards, whatever you want. And it's just um it's just really fun. So I'm thinking about doing that card game. Then you guys have a card game, a weekly card game or a monthly card game. How great is that? 
And, you know, you just say, listen, this is, listen, if we have to work that night, fine, we got to work that night. But if we can kind of make it a thing, you know, just to not think about work, not think about, you know, telling jokes or traveling, just sitting down and bullshitting and playing cards together it would be awesome. So that's what I've been thinking about doing. And, um, yeah, because you know what it is too? I think when you have that, you don't, you don't like, it's almost like you get something like, it's not going to the gym because you're not going to fucking, like those endorphins and shit aren't going to come out with you and your fucking fat friends sitting around smoking. Nothing's going to really happen to your body good. But I just think it's that, like, it's just that like break and and just laughing from everything and I think you need that and it's been too long man because people get too busy and I think it's important to do so um you know it's funny I'm going to ask people to come up or let's do it and people are like I ain't coming up to your fucking house in the country I'm not driving an hour to play cards by the way I would if my buddies had like a great card game once a month or once a week I would drive an hour to go and do it and then after two times of losing 50 or 100 bucks, my wife would say, you have kids, what the fuck are you doing? You're not leaving this house. Uh, <laughs> because she's prepared. Uh, anyways, all right, let's 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 keep going with the podcast. I'm having fun. I'm having a productive day. I did. I cleaned out my, my garage today. Not fully, like one side still has boxes because, you know, we just kind of moved in here, but one side of the garage has a lot of cardboard that I got to get rid of. But once I get rid of that cardboard, man, we're doing good. Do yourself a favor. If you are looking for a home, listen to me. Okay, I looked at like 40 fucking houses. The real estate agent hated me. She didn't. She acted like she liked me, but I know she knew I was picky and, and I was a pain in the ass. But I'm telling you what. Um, my house was, everything was done in it. Do not say, yeah, we'll do a little at a time because you're not going to do it unless you're, I mean, look, I don't know what your lifestyle is. I don't know if you travel. I don't know if your husband or your wife travels. I don't know how that works in your life. All I know is this. When you move into a house and the floors are done and the walls are done, and the molding is done, and the bathrooms are clean, and everything is, you know, the, the roof is good, and the, and the fucking chimney is good, and, and all this shit, and the garage is, like, clean, other than some of the things in it, like, it's clean, and you, and, and the house is in good shape, it is just so great, and you gotta have that, because some of these other houses, like, yeah, you know what, we'll get a floor this year, and then next year we'll put a new cabinets in, and then the next year we'll get two new bathrooms. And you're like, it's like, fuck that, man. It's going to either take forever, much longer than you already think. So get a house that shit is done in. Uh, shit, I was just going to say something. I was just going to bring something up, and I forgot what the hell I was going to say. And I was going to have, I interrupted my own thought, and I forgot what I was going to say. Shit. It was a good point. I was talking about cleaning out the garage and doing shit and making sure that the house has, you know, everything done in it so you don't have to, so you could just move in and, um, well, anyway, we're enjoying the house. I can tell you that we're enjoying the house. Had some family over, had some family over. My, my older brother came over here. My father came over here. And I love when people look at your shit. Like when you have like nice shit, I love when people look at it. And they're like, you're thinking like, what are they thinking? You know? And um, it's just, it was just cool, man. Like to have like, you know, people come to your your house and, and you know, enjoy it. You know? So, um, and I was thinking today, I told my wife, I said, if we would have got that one. And I wasn't like throwing it in her face. It sounds like I'm being a dick. But I was like, if we would have got that house, because she wanted this at one house. And I was, you know, it was like this old colonial. And if we would have had it, we would have, we'd be in it right now. And like, we might have one of the floors. We needed to do a new floor downstairs in the basement and a new floor in the kitchen. Knowing us, we probably would have had the kitchen floor done. And maybe the downstairs basement floor, but we would have still needed a bunch of, it would have just been a nightmare. I'm just glad we're not fucking there. All right. Now, got some stuff to talk about. Got some, uh, we got some sports. Got an unacceptable for the week, which is a connected to sports. So, you know what? I'm going to get into sports now. And then after I do sports, I'm going to do unacceptable for the week. Uh, I did not see a movie, everybody. So, sorry about that. I, I wanted 
to see gravity, but I think gravity, and I know it's a shame, and I know you need to see it in 3D because you feel like you're in space, but in reality, you're not in space. You're in a fucking popcorn smelly fucking, you know, movie theater sitting next to some asshole who thinks he's in space. That's really what it is. So I guess I'm going to have to wait for DVD because I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to see it. And I don't want to see that slavery movie, even though they're saying it's one of the best movies of the year. Uh, I guess this is the movie section of the podcast, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that movie. I don't want to see slaves getting the, you know, the shit beat out of them and seeing how brutal it is. I get it. I know it was brutal and I don't want to see it. And it's just like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good for to, to remind people, but I've seen enough of that like Holocaust and, and you know, and slavery. But Django Unchained, one of those scenes that sticks with me was when Leonardo DiCaprio was just watching two slaves fight to the death and one guy just beat the other guy's head in with a hammer or something and they're like bloody on his living room floor like in front of the fireplace or whatever. That was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie. I was just like, oh my God. Like, that was, like, treating human beings like they're, I mean, I don't know. So, I, I don't even want to see it. And um, and I guess I don't know. I mean, there's going to be some movies coming out. I think th- there's a movie coming out. I do, and I know, listen, I don't want to be too nerdy here because I'm not a nerd. I'm into all these superhero movies, but um, I liked the first Thor I went into the first Thor thinking it was going to be like this silly, stupid, you know, whatever. I'll give it a chance because I never got to see a Thor superhero movie. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I like Thor so much more than I like Man of Steel. And I think I'm going to go and see this one too. And then there's another movie that's coming out that um, at, I think towards the end, like in November 20-something. Uh, that I, I forgot which one it is, but I remember seeing that going, oh, I want to see that movie when I saw The Coming Attraction. So I'll probably see more stuff, more stuff then. And I'm, I'm, I'm really getting into this on-demand shit. So if I see some new release, I'll let you guys know. But uh, no movies today. Now, on to sports. I'm going to talk about this real quick. Well, it's probably not going to be quick. Once again, me and my buddy, my good friend, who I am opening for um, on a legendary weekend this weekend, Bill Burr. Uh, it's going to be amazing. We're doing Constitution Hall Thursday. We're doing two shows at the Beacon Theater in New York City on Friday. And then we're doing uh, Philly, uh, Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia at the Tower Theater on Saturday. It's it's an amazing weekend, and um, I'm real happy for my buddy. Uh, it's it's a huge weekend for him. He's one of the literally one of the best comedians in, in the world right now. And uh, to be opening for him is, is incredible, and it's humbling. Uh, and you know, as you guys know, uh, I love the dude. So, you know, enough, enough about that. But, uh, we got into another one of our epic fights. I don't know if you guys heard Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast. Bill wanted to come after me a little bit. So, uh, you know, shots fired and, um, you know, now, um, you know, now I'm sitting here with my little artillery and listen, I'm not even going to go, I'm not even trying to you know, be a dick or, or say anything, you know, and, and of course it does look like sour grapes, but what happened was we're going back and forth texting about Brady and Manning. And you guys know, I've talked about it probably two or three times on this podcast. If, if you haven't heard before a big argument that we have, I actually stayed in a shitty hotel because of this argument with Bill. I'll tell you guys the story and then I'll go into how this Red Sox fight got came about. So sit back and rela- relax, everybody buckle up. I could I can tell right now episode 134 you're liking it cuz I'm liking it. Okay? I'm almost a half hour in. I'm having fun. This is good. Okay? I feel it. I feel it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I, I I'm like 20 minutes in and I'm like, "Oh, this one's okay. This one." But this one is good. You know, I I can this is a nice smooth fuck. I'm by myself, fuckers. You understand that, right? All right. So, here's what happened. I it was during it was um Right after, uh, like the weekend after, I was going to state college right when, like the weekend after Joe Paterno's funeral, rest his soul, and the place was devastated, and they told us on stage, don't talk about Joe Paterno, the place was absolutely devastated about what happened at Penn State, and <clears throat> I show up, and I get to my um, nice little performance room, but the hotel they kept me in wasn't, like, I didn't like it, it was like, it was one of those like half between hotel and half between motel 
Like it was like your room was still off the street, but it, it had like a night, like it, it wasn't like just a bed and a, you know, it was just whatever, but I didn't like it. I walked in and I'm like, man, I've been doing comedy too long. Okay. To, to stay here. So right when I walk in the door, I get on the phone with Burr and I'm like, Bill, man, you know, and Bill is, you know, Bill has been doing this much longer than me. I mean, so he's been through everything. And so like he knows everything that I'm go, I go through like he, he's been through. So it's an, ama- it's amazing to have a buddy like that or just, you know, he knows everything that, that I've been, been through or going through. So I go, man, they brought me in this fucking hotel and I go, it looks like a 19... 19- 82 this would be nice if it was 1982 like everything was nice but it was just old and like the tv was shitty and the bed and like the carpeting was just cheap and shitty and i'm like i don't want to fucking stay here so bill goes you know what dude fuck it don't okay you've been doing it too long anyway to, to, to have to like if you don't want to do it dude you you don't you know what just whatever even if it's going to be a little money out of your pocket just go and i go you know what there's a nice hotel across the street maybe i just go there. he goes there you go do that and i go all right i'm gonna do that and I'm I'm just like getting my shit ready, and all of a sudden we get into a Brady Montana fight. Okay, now a lot of people are against me on this. I'm gonna state my case real quick. I don't want to get into it because I've been I've been getting into this shit. I mean, I was running around I was running around in a suit at a wedding, going up to people, going, "Look at this! It because Brady's better because of this." Now here's my Brady argument. Anyway, we're we're fighting about it. And he's like, Montana went to four Super Bowls. He won all four. You know, Brady's only won three. He lost two. And I understand that. And that's a great argument. However, my argument is this. Tom Brady never had the weapons that Joe Montana had. Okay. And the one year, you know, or that couple, whatever, that that one little stretch he had with Moss, he ends up throwing the touchdown record and Moss ends up catching the fucking receiving record. Okay, I saw that 2007 team up, 2007 team up close and personal at Giants Stadium for them to go 16-0 against the Giants. It was that epic game. It was 38-35. We lost the game. Eli made one mistake. Brady didn't make any. We lost 38-35. And when Belichick shook Coughlin's hand at midfield afterwards, he said, we'll probably be seeing you again. And he meant you're going to go to the Super Bowl because I just saw how hard you guys played. And that week was the week that Coughlin won the team over because the Giants were already in the playoffs going to Tampa. And Michael Strahan said Coughlin won the team over by saying we're here to play and stop this streak of 16-0. and And they fell three points short, short of doing it. And I saw that 2007 Patriots team walk up to the line of scrimmage with 75,000 New Yorkers standing up going nuts, and they looked like they were in the backyard at a family barbecue throwing the ball around. I was like, I've never seen dominant shit like that. Okay, and I'm happy my Giants beat him in the Super Bowl, everybody. I really am, and it took an, an, an effort like that. I mean, when's the last time you saw Brady get sacked twice? I mean, that's what they were doing. Tuck had an amazing game that game, and it was great. But that offense was legendary, and to go 16-0 and in the regular season. Well, they actually went 18-0 and until we beat him, which I love. But anyway... Tom, I've said it before, you know, Joe Montana had Jerry Rice, who is not a good wide receiver, everybody. You're talking about the greatest wide receiver to ever, to ever fucking live, all right, to ever walk this planet. That's who Joe Montana was throwing to. He also had one of the best free safeties in the history of the NFL in Ronnie Lott, okay? Tom Brady throws the ball to white midgets, okay? Edelman, fucking Woodhead, you know, Welker. Welker's great. You know, I'll give him that. But he's throwing the ball to big ass, a couple tight ends. You know, Gronkowski is a star. But who else did he have? He had Dobson. Remember, he had David Givens or David Patton or who, all these fucking people. He had Corey Dillon running the ball. I mean, these are nobodies. And this guy spread the field out. He went to five Super Bowls. He won three. He never, I don't think he ever had the weapons that, that Joe Montana had. Okay. Also, if you look at statistically, okay. Whether you believe me or not, or I mean, whether you agree with me or not, I'm just giving my case. Whether you look look at their first 12 years, Google it. Their first 12 years in the league, Montana versus Brady. Brady is leading in every single category. Now, some people say, oh, well, you know, it's easier to throw now. They're, it's more wide receiver friendly. Fine. But look who he's throwing to. Look how he's doing it. He's not just throwing bombs to a star. You know, D- Montana had John Taylor. So anyway, listen, I could I could argue this till 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 I'm blue in the face and and whatever. It's it's a, I think it'll be a close argument when it's all said and done. Anyway, me and Bill got into such a heated fight about it that I end up it's too late for me to even leave the hotel and check in somewhere else. So I decided to state my case and sleep in a shitty place. So the argument comes up again through text messaging. 
And I'm going, and he's like, oh, you're too young. Your fucking history goes back to 91 and, you know, all this shit. And we're talking shit and it's getting, you know, whatever, back and forth. And, you know, we're laughing, but then we're making a point. And then I fucking opened the can of worms. And I said something about, like, Brady had a great pass. And I said, this is why he's the best ever because I was watching. Oh, that's what happened. I was watching the Patriots game in my house, and Brady did something amazing. He threw a ball. That ball he threw to Dobson, which was just such a dime. And I just said, this fuck, I just texted Bill, like, oh, fucking Brady. And he goes, yeah, he's doing it again. I go, this is why he's the best. And then it started up the whole thing again. So then I say, maybe because there's a little bitterness because of the Red Sox. But you know what? I congratulated him. And I meant it. He's saying, oh, you know, your congratulations is, you know, wasn't since, you know, it was, it was because I know that my friend was really into it and watching it. And you know what? I know that if I was doing that, I would, I was genuinely congratulating him, but I just felt, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was people making shit on Facebook or people talking shit, but I just like this, I just felt like the arrogance of the fans there because they've been winning so much. And I remember when the Yankees were winning, people would like say that about us and I could almost see. So I just said, I, I, I go, the arrogance of you guys, like, I just really miss when they, you know, when, when the Yankees would silence you guys at the stadium. And he's like, when did you silence us? And we start going back and forth. And then I go, it makes me sick that you guys are calling yourselves title town now. And then he starts telling me, you know, the, the, the amount of Super Bowls and everything like that. And um, now here's what, here's, here's my point about this. And I'll leave it. And let me, and let me say this for the Red Sox fans listening here, because I processed it and I took I took I took it in. I processed what happened. Made me sick to my stomach. I'm okay now. I can talk about it now. <laughs> I sound like I'm fucking, you know, I sound like I fucking got molested 15 years ago and able to, no, but I, I don't take away the championship. You can't, okay? And I will say this. It, it did seem like a bunch of knock-around guys. I mean, their beards were unacceptable. I mean, I said that the fact that they tugged on their beards. But they had a lot of people, Ross and Johnny Gomes and Salty Amakia and all these guys that, like, aren't huge stars. And, you know, Pedroia, little tough-nosed guy. I mean, I, I get that. My only thing is this. So many times, and I'm not going to fucking sit here and let it. I'm not going to take it. You know what I mean? Like, when, when I'm not going to not say what people said about the Yankees and what they said about the Yankees was you guys were roided up you guys were roided up high payroll fine that's true A-Rod did steroids as a matter of fact that 2009 World Series the Yankees won it's really hard for me to brag about considering who we had playing and A-Rod having an unbelievably epic offseason and then you find out now that 09 was when he was using so that's just really tainted to me but all I'm saying is like these Boston fans chanting poppy and MVP he he tested positive for something now nothing ever nothing ever came up but he did some shit okay and I'm not a fucking idiot you know he did something okay it went away then he never talked about it again he's not making comments about like come on man you know man he did it and I'm just saying baseball so I'm going back I'm like baseball's dead and, uh, you know, it, this whole fucking thing. So all I'm going to say is this. Good championship. Congratulations to Boston. And that's fine. But just don't, just don't talk shit. Like if, if the, if you want to say whatever you want to say about the Yankees and that they do steroids and they spend a lot of money, like the Red Sox are doing that shit too. And they're winning and God bless you. Cause you know what? If it's within the rules, that's fine. But like, I'm not going to fucking hear people chanting poppy MVP and all this and have people forget that the guy tested positive for something. So he there, and I think that they're, they're all cheaters and this is why baseball has been so hard for me to watch. You know, it, it, this is why baseball has sucked for me because you don't know who the fuck is cheating. You know, you don't know. And you know, fine. It could look like all oh, sour grapes. You're saying this now because they just won. Yeah, maybe I am saying it now because it just won. I'm just saying, don't forget who the fuck tested positive for whatever. Now, the only benefit I have to give them is that he didn't like nothing came out definitely. Like they didn't know what it was, but like, oh, he, he tested positive and then like it kind of went away. But you know, man, he did it and they, they were friends. I mean, come on. You know, A-Rod did it. They all fucking did it. They all did it. Baseball has become a game where six teams can win. Six teams' payrolls are upwards of over $150 million. The Yankees over $120, I mean $220 million. I mean, it's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. The Kansas City Royals are never going to win. And for once, that's again, again, that's why I love basketball now, okay? 
Not tonight because the Charlotte fucking cats or whatever, the Bobcats or the Wildcats, or whatever the fuck they name themselves now, they beat the Knicks. So now the Knicks lost to the Timberwolves and the and and the Bobcats back to back at Madison Square Garden where they should be handling their business. They lose a heartbreaker in Chicago because Rose flips it up and we end up losing by one. Fine. That's a heartbreaker, but you're happy to see that they fought because they were down like eight to ten the whole game. And then now they come home and they lay two eggs against the Timberwolves and the and the Bobcats at home. It's sickening. But that's why I like the NBA. That's why I like the NFL because in the NFL, a team like the Colts can compete. A team like Denver can compete. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter. Cincinnati can be good. The fuck it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Buffalo, well, Buffalo's never good, but you know what I mean. Anybody's got a chance in the NFL. Kansas City's 9-0. and That's my point. You know, that's actually probably the best way to look at it. Look, the Chiefs are 9-0 and and could go deep in the playoffs into a Super Bowl, and the Kansas City Royals can't do shit. And I used to be that stupid fan thinking, oh, no, the Yankees, anybody would want to go there anyway. It's not about payroll. No, when you have enough money and resources, come on, it definitely has something to do with it. And the fact that everybody's cheating, like, I don't know what records stand, what means anything. You know, back in the day, Tony Gwynn said when he played, like, three guys threw over 98 miles an hour. Now everybody does, and you don't know how or why. It's just, it sucks. But anyway, so... That's the argument that I got into with Bill about the about the steroids thing. Um, and it's just so funny because it's like, it, I don't know. It's just seeing those people fucking happy makes me sick. I think it's just so, I, th- I think what hit me was it's so long of them hating and saying things about the Yankees. And then when you see it happening to them, you're just like, well, wait a minute, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. You want to call it sour grapes, I guess I could say that, but, I mean, I guess you could say that, but, like, Poppy fucking cheated. Anyway, the Miami Dolphins, everybody. The Miami Dolphins have a big thing going on with uh, this guy, Richie Incognito. Okay, this fucking mammoth. Have you seen this guy? This guy looks like he eats nail sandwiches for an appetizer and then just fucking washes it down with a cleaver. Have you seen this guy? This guy looks like a this guy looks like they just draped a sheet that says 68 over a tank. I mean, this guy's a monster. And he's in trouble now and he got suspended indefinitely for hazing and over the top bullying with uh, racial and derogatory statements to this guy. Jonathan Martin, you guys have seen it. If you watch anybody who knows anything, I mean, this is bi- this is so big now that it's not even ESPN. Like, I, I know, like, all the all the news networks were, were talking about it and stuff like that. And, you know, what happened was he was calling the guy, like, an N-word, and he was saying to the guy, I'm going to wanna slap your mother in the face. I'll kill you. You're still a rookie. And they say he really hates rookies, and he's, this guy's always had a problem. Uh, when he was at Nebraska, this guy incognito, he had a problem. Then uh, he got into an argument when he was on the Rams with one of the coaches, and they let him go. And this guy just has a history of violence and hazing and threatening and scaring people and scaring rookies. And, and the guy clearly has a, a, a you know a mental problem. Now, nobody should be called the N-word. and Nobody should have their family threatened and, and stuff like that. And, and you know... Some of the players are like, oh, it's just hazing and it's just... Listen, you want the guy to go get donuts or you want the guy to go move your car or something like that. Like that I get. But when you start threatening like somebody's life and their family and stuff, that that's where... And, and this guy clearly has a problem. Now, here is my problem, everybody. Okay? This is what should have happened, and this is unacceptable. Unacceptable for the week on the Verzi Effect podcast, episode 134, is the Miami Dolphin players not taking this big cocksucker by his throat and literally, I'm not joking around, literally knocking him out cold and putting his out cold body with a lump on his head in the middle of the locker room only to wake up naked with his jockstrap around his mouth and a sign on his chest that says, cut the shit, and then people pissing on his forehead, you know, I mean, the fact that this guy didn't get fucking private piled is ridiculous to me, it's unacceptable, okay, and let me tell you something right now, 
if this shit is known, the, the, the quarterback knew about it, the other lineman knew about it, the coach knew about it, and eventually the GM probably heard about it. Fuck them all. They're all lying. Okay? And the Miami Dolphins are as... Listen. I don't mind the coach and somebody saying, hey, man, they're grown men. They need to figure it out. That's fine. I mean, bullying and and stuff like that, you got to deal with that. But the fact that this guy is saying the N-word, okay, and he works with people from cultures all over. I mean, you know what I mean? He works with white guys. He works with black guys. There's always fucking, you know, the Hawaiian guys in the NFL. There's always mixed races in the NFL. I'm sure, you know, half, you know, there's there's half this and half that. There's Latino players. There's, you know what I mean? So for all of these people, white, black, purple, green, fucking Asian, whoever is there, for them to hear this guy who they clearly know is violent and has that shit. And, and, and this guy... Jonathan, you know, and I know people are going to be like, well, you know, you know, they're, they're men. You, well, what are you supposed to do? But Chris Carter was pissed on ESPN and he was 100% right. The fact that nobody stepped up and was like, listen, man, even though this guy that you're fucking with is gigantic, like he's clearly mentally fucked up and not stable and he's like scared and like he's not a rookie anymore. So cut the shit. And somebody should have told him. Hey, here's what you're going to do, and I'm going to back you up. Next time this guy comes up to you, you knock him out, okay? And then if he fights with you, I'll knock him out. But what we're going to do is this guy's going to wake up naked with his jock strap around his mouth. We're going to piss on his tighty whitey, and we're going to have a sign hanging off his neck. And it's going to say, cut the shit or we'll kill you, you asshole. That's what the fuck needed to happen to this guy, Okay? That's what I'm going to teach my son to do if he ever gets bullied. I mean, maybe not the jockstrap and the pissing part. But <laughs> That'd be hilarious if my son's principal was like, yeah, Paul, um, he was getting bullied by this guy Gregory, and then he um, he knocked out Gregory. And that's not the weird part. The weird part is he put his tidy whities over his face and pissed on him and actually made a sign before school started. Do you know where that comes from? And I'd be like, nah, I mean... Maybe you listen to episode 134. <laughs> but like that that needs to happen. Unacceptable for the Miami Dolphin players to to not it cuz cuz they said that it's been going on since April. So like the, the 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 players knew and this guy this guy is on the line with him. So this has been going on and whether people just are afraid of this guy or people just, you know, didn't want to deal with it or whatever is one thing. But now, and they say more stuff is going to come out, but come on, man, this guy is calling you up saying he's going to hurt your family members. I mean, that's right there. You got to, somebody needs to step up and just knock this asshole out. And, and you know what? I think the guy, Jonathan Martin, the guy who was getting harassed, he needed to step up and be a little bit more of a man. And, you know, even if he just took his helmet by the face mask and just broke the guy's nose with it and, you know, did something like that. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to put this guy down hard. Okay. And maybe, maybe this guy, they were really like, some people were saying that they were genuinely afraid that this guy was so big and crazy and violent that this guy maybe would kill you. And that's another thing. Who knows if that's true? But you got it. Some somebody needed to step in and just do something. Come on, man. Like to just let this go on and to the point where the guy's gonna fucking leave and he feels like he's gonna get killed and his family's being threatened and he's being called half a nigger piece of shit. I'm gonna come in your mouth. I'm gonna fucking slap your mother. I'm gonna kill you. You're still pieces. I mean, come on, man. That's like, you know, don't don't just go over and 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 you know show and tell the fucking show, show the voicemail. Have go. That should have been taken care of. That should have been taken care of. Unacceptable for the Miami Dolphins players to not step up and because this is a whole other level of hazing. Okay, hazing is one thing. Doing threatening your life and your family's life and calling you a piece of shit and calling you a fucking you know a half of this and it's just ridiculous. Unacceptable for the Miami Dolphin players. And the guy being the guy being bullied needed to step up and be a little bit more of a man. Come on, man, a little bit more. Whether you're mentally fragile, I get that. But, like, come on, dude. Like, there, there needs to be a breaking point. You know, you need to just, you know what I mean? That, that's the rule. That's what we grew up with. We grew up with the bully's going to push, 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 and then you punch him in the face and he doesn't push anymore. I had a buddy of mine in school, and uh, he was told that some big guy was coming after him, and he fucking just, he, he, right when the guy started walking up to him, he just knocked him the fuck out. And it was like, that's what you got to do. You know, if somebody comes at you and, and, and you feel threatened and you feel like that, I mean, there, there comes a point where, you know, I was in a rough situation last year 
and it was ugly, but I was in a situation where I felt like I had no choice and something snapped and it happened. And after that, you know, nothing. I mean, that certain things need to happen. But when you have that many guys on a team and that many guys in a locker room and that many guys knowing what's going on and it just has to come to threats and stuff like that to the point where somebody needs to leave because they're fearful of their life and they're being called racial slurs and nobody like stepped up, that's crazy. So, you know, so it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, that guy's that guy, the guy that that incognito guy, that guy needs to, that guy needs help, man. That guy's never gonna be. I mean, you can't talk to people like that. I'm not gonna lie though. Like when I read the thing, when he, the line that made me laugh, and there's really nothing funny about the racial stuff, and there's really nothing funny about like I'm gonna kill you and everything. But when he said I'm gonna slap your real mother in the face, I just the word real mother just made me fucking laugh. I don't know why, (laughs) why he would say your real mother. Like, why not just, yeah, I'll slap your mother in the face, but, like, I'm going to slap your real mother in the face. Just let you know how crazy the whole thing is. But he had a sign on his thing that said the two things he doesn't like is taxes and rookies. Like, how do you, how does somebody, a rookie should just know going in that the guy's going to do that and just rock him. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm not big on that shit. And I wasn't big. I'm not big on that with like even comedians, like all oh, the rite of passage and fucking with you. Like you don't know me, man. You know, you don't fucking know me. You don't know what I've been through in my life. And, and just because I'm in a place that you've been for a while, like I belong here and like I'm not going to take that shit. I'm really not. You know, and and sometimes people just need to be smacked in the mouth really hard or punched in the face really hard. Because then I guarantee you next time you walk in, they're not going to say nothing to you. They may be upset and they may say things behind your back. But somebody fucks with you and you go up to them and you just punch them dead in the face or you slap them. In the, slapping them in the face is better because you can't really get in trouble that much for that. And, you know, what are they going to file something against you for a slap? Like you punch somebody with a closed fist, then you're opening yourself up to the law. But if you just go up to a dude, you just smack him in the face like a girl and you just tell him to shut up or you're going to kick the shit out of him, like that that's just that just commands respect. I don't know, maybe that's the Sicilian in me, but I'm I'm maybe I'm old school that way. But like I'm not big on I'm not big on that. Like listen, if somebody's like, "Hey man, let the new guy go let, let the new guy go get the donuts. Let the new guy go go, you know, pick up the KFC or the Taco Bell that we're eating today. He's going to go get it cuz that's what I did." Like that's one thing. But like you know, scaring you and threatening you that shit doesn't work so that's my unacceptable for the week that's sports for the week let's hope the Knicks can do something um like I would love that guy to be in the Giants locker room when Lawrence Taylor was there how great would that be because I, I I don't know man like I don't know it just seems like a bunch of like I Maybe I'm crazy for saying this, but I feel like that, the the fact that, like, the fact that I know now about the Dolphins, what was going on with this whole situation, and that they started 3-0, and and now they're 500, like, makes sense to me. And the fact that Andy Reid goes to Kansas City, and he's like, he has an absolutely no hazing and no bullshit policy, and it's like, yeah, like, what are you doing what are you doing as an organization having this guy run rants, running like that, running around like a maniac, like that's scaring your rookies and fighting in practice? Like, how are you allowing that? That's why you're a shitty organization. You think the Patriots or the Giants would ever allow that shit? Do you understand that the Patriots and Giants won't take a great player? Because they don't even want... Des Bryant's a perfect example. 20-something teams passed up on Randy Moss because of off-the-field shit. Which I actually disagreed. Well, you know what? It was good he went to the Vikings with Chris Carter because Chris Carter helped him. But Randy Moss was just such a freak and so good. It was ridiculous. And he was on his best behavior in, in Minnesota the first time around. And he was, you know, Brady loved him and stuff. So I think if he was around the right people. But like Des Bryant. Des Bryant's a great talent, but nobody wants to deal with his shit. Now look what he's doing. He's running around. He's screaming at the, you know, he's, he's screaming that he needs the ball and he wants the ball. And this guy, like even if he's making points, you can't go about it that way. And look, the Cowboys do it, and Jerry Jones takes chances, and they haven't won shit. Giants don't do it, and they have won. Patriots don't do it, and they have won. It's all about like what is tolerated. 
You got some big lunatic running around like that, doing that shit, threatening people's lives and families. Ridiculous. Unacceptable for the Miami Dolphin players to not knock this asshole out cold. Um, what else? Do, oh, 54 minutes in. Did I did I go too long on the incognito thing? Eh, you know what? It's so big in the news, I had to do it. So I'm sorry. If I did, I did. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm sorry if you guys were enjoying the podcast and then I went too heavy on sports. For you people that loved it, thank you. I love you back. Oh, and I uh, thank you. I got two new reviews on iTunes, everybody. Two new reviews on iTunes, which said very nice things about the Verzi effect. Uh, one guy put Verzi rules, and he spelt it V-E-R-Z-I. Um, for you people that don't know, or if you people are new to me, my name is Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I. That's V, like Victor, I-R-Z, like Zebra, I. Okay? So um, please keep going to the iTunes and sending the um, comments because the more comments, the better the podcast uh, does in the rankings. And um, let's be honest. We're a veteran podcast now. I mean, this is 134. So, you know, I mean, we're not, this isn't some cup of coffee, you know. We're not Obama before he got in office. Little jab there, but I, I'm independent. I hate them all. So I would done that. I would have done that if the, you know, president was a Republican. He was there for a cup of coffee and he got, you know, he got in. I mean, we're, we're you know, if my podcast was a football player, I guess right now, it wouldn't be too old. Who would my podcast be? If my podcast was a football player. Oh, man, this is fun, isn't it? I know you guys are thinking. Let me try to think. If my, I got it. If my podcast was a football player, it would be, would it be Victor Cruz? No, no, because Victor Cruz just got the contract this year, and I've been doing, this December will be three years yeah, I guess I, I guess I'm like one of the Giants receivers, like Cruz or Knicks. Well, Knicks is having a shitty year and he's dropping passes, and my numbers are going up and my podcast is getting better. So I'll say like if my yeah if my podcast was a football player right now, I'll take Victor Cruz. What he's in his third year. Um, next month will be my third three years doing the podcast. Wait, is it more than three years? Yeah, it would have to be because if this is one thirty four. Right, there's 52 weeks in a year. No, I'm right. Yeah, so I'm right. So it's going on three years. A little, it, it'll, yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran. This is a veteran podcast right now. You know, I mean, I don't have, we're a veteran who who's like on the cusp. We're, we're like right on the cusp of being a veteran. And we have really good numbers. I'd say like I'm probably like a two-time all-star but I need much more numbers to even try to make a run at the Hall of Fame. So that's up to you guys to spread the word in the Verzi Effect podcast. And, uh, oh, and I did tell you, for Christmas, I think what I'm going to get, because I'm not one of these guys, I said it before, and I'll tell you guys again, everybody says, how come you don't ask for donations on the podcast? Every podcast asks for donations. Every great podcast asks for donations. Um, You guys didn't choose, you guys didn't, choose me to like make me do this I chose to do this okay um I am fortunate enough that you guys are listening to me fucking ramble about how this guy should be naked and pissed on you guys choose to listen to that you guys are in your cubicles now or you know working out or just hanging out listening to me right now and hopefully enjoying it but you guys do that um by just being you know, amazing fans and, and, and subscribers and, you know, it, it, you just are doing that and you're listening to my podcast and um, I'm not going to fucking say, hey guys, yeah, if you could send me something. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't need you to send me equipment and um, I appreciate it. And I know some of you guys would, you know. Um, all right, send a dollar. All right, you get, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. But uh, I don't want donations. I don't want anything like that. So what I'm going to do is um, my loved ones, people that do buy me things, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get uh, a piece of equipment here, that that um, that mic where I can take it with me. And I have, uh, I do, I have a laundry list now of um, friends and comedians that I know you guys would love, but, um, you know, I'm stationary here. So they're either coming to my house or I have to get this to do it. But I will have guests here. And if you request a guest... I will go out of my way to get that done. 
So you guys are just listening and nobody's really requesting, oh, have this guy, have that guy. So, um, you know, uh, I w- I'm going to have more more guests and stuff and be able to travel with this thing as soon as I get it. But um, no, I don't want donations. I'm doing this. I chose to do this and this is the way that it's going to be. And I said that before. I mean, listen, it took me so long and you listeners who have been with me from the beginning know, I mean, I didn't even have a microphone doing this. I just talked into my Mac. And remember you heard that like awful noise in the background and it was, you know, and I would have kept it that way until like my management and people were like, hey man, you got to at least make it cleaner. And my numbers started to go up. So I said, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll get a mic. But I, I like this old school way, this raw talking into a mic and doing it this way. I do like having guests, but, um, you know, I'm not asking for anything. So, um, that's it. You know, you guys, you guys are the shit for listening to this for three years. And, uh, there, I got a couple of people who actually listen to every episode. Like from one night, when, when the first, that would be a good trivia question. Like what was the original name of it? Because the original name of the podcast was the Verzi Fix. And it was kind of like a, you know, two meanings. Like I'll fix you. I'll help you fix a problem. And also you're getting a fix of me. Like I'm a drug and you need it. So that was a thing. And then I found out that Joe Matarese, like right after I did episode one, somebody goes, oh yeah, Joe Matarese has fix in it. Or I think it's something like that. And I looked at it and it was fixing Joe. So what I did, being the stand-up guy that I am, no pun intended, I called up Joe and I go, hey man, I just want to let you know that my podcast is the Verzi Fix. And I heard that you have it, and I don't want you to think I was stealing it. I found out tonight after I did my first episode, and I'll change it. And he was like, I don't care. You don't have to. And he was a gentleman, and I just sat, and I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, what can I change it to? And I said, the Verzi effect, and that's how it came about. So if you go back, if anybody has it in the archives, the first episode of this whole thing, this whole podcast journey that I've been on now is was, um, was the Verzi fix. And then I explain in episode two <laughs> that it's now the Verzi effect. And here we are, 130-something uh, you know, episodes after that. So uh, please keep those comments coming. I'm trying to get this thing more and more. Like, it's amazing. Until you get on a TV show and get, like, super famous, your numbers just hover around the same but slowly go up through word of mouth. And I'm totally fine with that. Um. So that's pretty much over an hour. What else do we got? We got plugs. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. I'm having a good time with this one. You know, if I had more fucking iced tea, I'd probably sit and talk for a little more. But I want to save some stuff for you guys for next week. You know? But, I, you know, I had a great time. I had a great time on this one. A little male camaraderie, little poker talk. You know? Holding fucking pocket jacks is exciting, isn't it? And then what else we got? We got uh, got a little me being pissed the Red Sox won the World Series. I was honest about it, but Poppy still cheated. Um, I'm still not drinking. What are you going to do? Plugs this week. Tomorrow, November 6th, I will be with The Daily Show's Al Madrigal at the Stress Factory Comedy Club in New Brunswick, New Jersey for one show. And I'm really excited because we're shooting more scenes with Al for the documentary movie that I'm shooting. And um, getting close, people. This movie should be close and edited, hopefully, first quarter of next year, fingers crossed. So, But I'm excited about that, so I'm going to be filming some of the documentary and performing at the show tomorrow. And, uh, well, I guess last time I'm plugging these amazing shows, so I will make it good. This November 7th, Thursday, Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. with Bill Burr, where Eddie Murphy filmed Delirious, one of the most legendary, amazing hours of stand-up comedy ever when he was in fucking baby in his early 20s, and it was amazing. That's when he had the, the orangish suit, the red suit, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm thrilled to be doing that. And then um, the legendary Beacon Theater in New York City um, on Friday, 7.30 and 10 o'clock. And in Pennsylvania, Upper Darby on Saturday night at the Tower Theater. Five amazing theater shows this week with Bill. It's going to be great. It should be great nights and it should be a lot of inside sports fighting, which I'm sure we will do. But um, I'm looking forward to it. 
And uh, also, I will be for my birthday. My birthday is Veterans Day, November 11th. I will be um, performing at The Stand. The Stand has a show called Northern Discomfort. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, they were like, hey, do you want to do it for your birthday? We'll have some of your comedian friends on it. It'll be a good time. So I'll be at The Stand uh, just doing a quick set on my birthday. That's on the 11th. And I will be headlining Empire City Casino in Yonkers, New York at Yonkers Raceway on um, November 13th. So that's going on. I'll have more plugs for you guys on the next one. But um, that's it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much. Keep the love and the comments coming. I appreciate you as always. And um, like I said, there's nobody better than the Loyal Versi Effect podcast listeners. You guys are the shit. Please spread the word and let's keep this thing growing. Uh, All right, so until episode 135, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you, be safe, and I'm out.